0: In the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Indeed, the Word of God is living and effective, sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating even between soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and able to discern reflections and thoughts of the heart. Yes, the Word of God is living and effective today in my life and in yours. And that's the very reason why I'm offering this weekly podcast where I reflect upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. So now, please join me on Faith Moments with Dina Marie as we break open the Word of God together, inviting His Word to change our lives forever. Welcome to Faith Moments with Dina Marie, a weekly podcast to proclaim and to ponder the Sunday Mass readings. And we have now entered the second week of Advent in this time of preparation, this beautiful season before the season of Christmas. Remember, Advent is its own season. It has a particular place. It begins our liturgical year, and there's a longing, there's a pondering, there's a preparation, there's a call that we are to respond to during this time of Advent. It's not time to deck the halls yet. It's time to prepare for the reason for the season I mentioned last week, if you joined us, that I found a little booklet, let's see here, there we go, Christmas Prayers and Customs, and it has a beautiful prayer for each week of Advent, and it's tied into one of the gospel readings that we would hear in either A, B, or C cycles of the readings. And so this particular version will go to the Matthew cycle of the gospel, but there's a similar message in what we hear in today's gospel from Luke and the message from Matthew that comes from who? John the Baptist. So I want to begin with this prayer, and it begins by looking at Matthew chapter three, verses one. When John the baptizer made his appearance as a preacher in the desert of Judea, this was his theme, reform your lives. The reign of God is at hand. Let us pray. Oh, Jesus, in an empty desert, your prophet John proclaimed, God is here at your side. God has come to bring about a kingdom where injustice and suffering will be no more, where tears will be wiped away, and where those who turn to God will feast at a banquet. Turn now, your God is standing at your side. Reform your lives. God's kingdom is at hand. In an empty desert, John said these things. Give me faith like John's, O Lord, strong enough to believe even in a desert that you and your kingdom are no farther from me than my own hand. Make my heart strong like his, not swayed by trials or snared by false pleasures. Give me courage to be faithful until your promises are fulfilled. O King of all nations, Jesus Christ, only joy of every heart. Come and save your people. Amen. And what a great message we hear from the prophet, the final prophet, the final messenger, John the Baptist. This idea of uh, returning to God, repenting, changing, uh, make your way, make your path straight. And we are going to hear from the Old Testament. We'll hear some beautiful messages from St. Paul today with this real sense of um, taking courage, changing your lives, have a total turnaround, have a total turnaround during this time of Advent. Our readings, in fact, take us to the prophet Baruch. But before we get to Baruch, I underline several words in the opening collect and I really encourage the, you, that if you get a, a booklet like the word Among Us or Magnificat, there's many others that are publications that allow you to read along with the daily readings of mass and, and typically include the entrance antiphon, the colic, the different prayers for each mass to just use those prayers for meditation. And here's the colic that we hear during the second Sunday of Advent. Almighty and merciful God, May no earthly undertaking hinder those who set out in haste to meet your son, but may our learning of heavenly wisdom gain us admittance to his company. And we are those people, I hope that you include yourself in this group of those who are setting out To meet your son. And we're invited to set out in haste, go, and to learn. Why are we going to seek the Lord, to learn heavenly wisdom and to gain his company, to be with the Lord in eternal life? And so, what a beautiful prayer to inaugurate the season of Advent, to to be open to the messenger of all messengers, John the Baptist, who is going to say. It's now. The time is now to repent, to turn your ways, to open your heart to the Lord. And so this prayer that the church opens up universally, you know, the whole world, the whole Catholic Church, whatever language that this prayer is spoken in, will hear these same words that no earthly undertaking will hinder us. That's what we're praying, that nothing will stop us, nothing that will be an obstacle for us to seek out the Lord and make haste. Don't wait. Don't wait. There is an urgency about the message of St. John the Baptist, and we'll hear that in today's gospel. So let us go into the first reading. It comes from the book of Baruch, chapter 5, verses 1 through 9. And just listen to some of the beautiful words that come from the encouragement of Baruch. Jerusalem, take off your robe of mourning and misery. Put on the splendor of glory from God forever. Wrapped in the cloak of justice from God, bear on your head the mitre that displays the glory of the eternal name. For God will show all the earth your splendor You will be named by God forever, the peace of justice, the glory of God's worship. Rise up, Jerusalem, stand upon the heights, look to the east and see your children gathered from the east and the west at the word of the Holy One, rejoicing that they are remembered by God, led away on foot by their enemies they left you. But God will bring them back to you, born aloft in glory as on royal thrones. For God has commanded that every lofty mountain be made low, and that the age-old depths and gorges to be filled to level ground, that Israel may advance secure in the glory of God. The forests and every fragrant kind of tree have overshadowed Israel at God's command. For God is leading Israel in joy, by the light of his glory, with his mercy and justice for company. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our responsorial Psalm takes up just this beautiful feeling, and this passion of of rejoicing. Listen to Psalm 126. The Lord has done great things for us. We are filled with joy. When the Lord brought back the captives of Zion, we were like men dreaming. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with rejoicing. The Lord has done great things for us. We are filled with joy. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad indeed. The Lord has done great things for us. We are filled with joy. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the torrents in the southern desert. Those who sow in tears shall reap rejoicing. The Lord has done great things for us. We are filled with joy. Although they go forth weeping, carrying the seed to be sown, they shall come back rejoicing, carrying their sheaves. The Lord has done great things for us. We are filled with joy. Our second reading comes from the letter of St. Paul to the Philippians, chapter 1, verses 4 through 6. And eight through 11. Brothers and sisters, I pray always with joy in every prayer for all of you because of your partnership for the gospel from the first day until now. I am confident of this that the one who began a good work in you will continue to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. God is my witness, how I long for all of you with the affection of Jesus Christ. And this is my prayer, that your love may increase ever more and more in knowledge and every kind of perception to discern what is of value so that you may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through through Jesus Christ, for the glory and praise of God. The word of the Lord. Our gospel reading for the second Sunday in Advent comes from the gospel of Luke, chapter three, verses one through six. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, and Herod was tetrarch of Galilee and his brother Philip tetrarch of the region of Iteria and Trichononus and Licentius was tetrarch of Abilene during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, the son of Zechariah, in the desert. John went throughout the whole region of the Jordan proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, as it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah. A voice of one crying out in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low. The winding roads shall be made straight and the rough ways made smooth. And all flesh shall see the salvation of God. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. We've already lit the second candle in our Advent wreath. And we're marking time and we're tracking time as we prepare to remember the first coming of Jesus Christ in his nativity. This is the time of Advent to prepare for the coming of the Lord, the Messiah, the birth of Jesus. This is one of the comings of the Lord in our world. And it happened in a particular time, in a particular place, with a particular group of people at play in history. And there's an emphasis of that in today's readings from the gospel and from the scriptures. And again, from all of these readings, there's this powerful thread of return to God, remember God, remember the promises made by God, remember the love, take courage, stand strong, I love in Baruch, and and he's associated with Jeremiah. There's just this beautiful uh, rising up of the people, keeping them focused on not the oppression, not the exile, not the problems that they may be facing at the time. But remember, uh, let me get back to the reading here. Rise up, Jerusalem, stand upon the heights, look to the east and see your children gathered from the east and the west, at the word of the Holy one. I love it. Jerusalem, take off, take off your robe of misery and mourning. Put on, could we do this? Put on the splendor of glory from God forever. Just this first part of Baruch is so beautiful. Wrapped In the cloak of justice, we've really heard, and in last week's gospel reading, son of justice, we hear this justice. God is a just God, and he is a merciful God. There is a right relationship with all things. There's a right relationship with God. There's a wrong relationship with God. If there's a wrong relationship with God, there must be justice. There must be justice when we are disordered in our relationships with each other, in our relationship with ourselves, and particularly in relationship with God and with creation. When there is a wrong order, a disorder, it demands justice. Bear on your head the miter that displays the glory of the eternal name, the eternal name of God for God will show all the earth. See, even those that are disordered, God will show his splendor. He is the God of peace and justice, and he will show all the earth his splendor. This is great. Uh, At the very close of this reading, for God is leading Israel in joy. Now, while this season of Advent is a penitential season, similar in ways to Lent, where it's a time of preparation, we're preparing for a feast. We're not celebrating the feast. You know, Christmas and Easter are these great feasts of celebration, but the Advent and the Lent season are preparation time. We need to do the cleanup. We need to do the preparation. We need to do the purification and clearing out of straightening the ways, as John would say, for the joy to come. And God is leading Israel in joy. That doesn't mean that their lives are totally going to be filled with easy ways of living and comfort and luxury. No, but it will be in joy by the light of his glory, with his mercy and justice for company. So there's no getting away from when we see injustice in the world and it's happening every minute of the day, injustice against human life, injustice against our brothers and sisters, injustice against our God, injustice against our, our the creation, against the world, there are injustices on every different level, but God with his mercy and justice will be here for all company. So God's mercy and justice will reign. I just really get the sense for Baruch in this time of Advent. It's a reminder to take courage, to rise up, to continue to stay strong. Uh, and to keep hopeful. This is really the message of the the prophets. And I think also the message of the angels, when I think about the prophets who are messengers, and they are these human messengers that we read about and from in the Old Testament. And we also hear from St. John the Baptist, these are men and women who have proclaimed a message from God, And so they're proclaiming this message and it's always with hope. It's always with, um, looking forward to the promise of God, remember, and this is what Baruch is trying to, I think, get the people to sense, remember God's promises, remember it is true. Remember that he will lead you in joy. And so again, in in the Psalm, this is really really emphasized, it's echoed once again to, to remind us during this time of Advent, this preparation time, this time where we really should be doing more reflection, more quiet, more silence, more self-examination, examination of conscience as the, as the good Jesuits would talk about. To think about this, the Lord has done great thing for, for us. We are filled with joy And I know many of us, in fact, all of us at times in our lives are not feeling joyful. We're feeling pain. We're feeling agony. We're feeling sorrowful. We're feeling fearful. We're feeling aggravated. We're feeling confused. We're feeling those things. But we have to remember what the Lord has done for us. And the greatest thing, the greatest thing the Lord has done for us is that God loved the world. In such a way that he would send his only son, he would sacrifice his only son, that whosoever would believe in him will never perish, but have eternal life. That's why we're so excited about Christmas, because Christmas is the evidence that God became man, fully divine, fully human, that that truly happened. And here we go with St. Paul and again, if you read Philippians, remember this letter is written while Paul is in prison. I think I wrote, let's see, Paul's passionate prayer from prison to the God's people. The, 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 the passion that Paul has for the people, it, it, there's such love. For each and every person that he has preached to, that he has seen come to embrace Jesus Christ in their lives, who has changed their ways and come into the Christian life and come into the way, and now Paul is in prison. And you know, if you, met, what, would you what would you be doing if you were in prison? You know, here's Paul writing these passionate letters that we get to read two thousand plus years later. It's incredible. I pray always with joy. Here's Paul. He's never in despair. How much tragedy, physically, emotionally, spiritually, did Paul endure in his life with shipwrecks and stonings and all of these things? But he prays with joy because he has the hope of Jesus Christ. It's true, it's real, it is why he lives. And he prays every day for the people. And then he says, I am confident of this. And I think if there's one thing we can get out of today's readings, this might be it, that Paul in prison is confident of this, that the one who began a good work in you The one who started something good in you, your life, will continue to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. You might be wondering, I don't know, when is the end of the world going to happen? You know, what's going on? God will complete it in you at the day of the second coming. And does that mean we just kind of live our life haphazard to do whatever we want to do today? No. No we're going to hear from John the Baptist. Today's the day. We have to get ready. We need to get prepared. We need to change our ways, open our hearts, redirect our whole lives to Christ. But Paul is confident that what started in us, the gift of life, and for the Christian people, the initiation of the holy spirit and baptism they were baptized in Christ baptized with the holy spirit if you've been baptized in Christ you're initiated you are God's forever and that work that started with the initiation of the sacramental life in your life it will continue until the day of Christ Jesus that's a promise and this is my prayer. So, what do we do between now, when I hear this message from St. Paul and the coming of Christ Jesus in his second coming? What do I do? We increase in love. He says that your love may increase ever more. Why? Why should our love increase? And to what avail? What is that going to do for me? Well, it's so that you will have knowledge and every kind of perception, you'll have an understanding and wisdom to discern what's a value. What do I put my efforts into? Where do I put my energies? Where do I serve? Where do I give? Where do I listen? You know, because there's a lot of things vying for our attention. There's a lot of things who want us to volunteer or to give money or to support in some way or another. Are those things truly worthy of my love, of my attention, of my allegiance? Are they? We sometimes give so freely and giving is a good thing, but where are we giving? And how are we serving? And in that gift, is it serving a wrong message? Is it serving a wrong way of looking at the world? Is it not honoring God? Is it not glorifying God? We may think, oh, I'm doing these things. These are good things. But are they really leading you, leading others to the way of Jesus Christ? Paul is praying that we have discernment so we can see where there are are value in those gifts. And where there's not, we need to steer clear. Because in the secular world, it would really like us to invest all of our time and effort and money into things that are ungodly, that destroy the human condition, that destroy humanity. And it's all covered up in all different types of language. So Paul really wants us to discern how we're living our lives, how we're giving and serving, that we would be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. And and here's the other word that uh, I got a couple... um, insights on this word righteous. Because we hear, I think about uh, St. Joseph was a righteous man. We hear that in one of the accounts of St. Joseph and how he looked at and cared for Mary, his wife. And so Paul wants us to be filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ for the glory and praise of God. And again, I mentioned this a little bit earlier. Righteousness means a right relationship. Do I have a right relationship with God, with others, and with creation? And if I don't, why? And if I don't, how do I change that relationship? And of all of us need to make changes in those relationships. This is what the gift of confession does allows us to recognize those times where I have a not right relationship, a disordered relationship with God, with other, with self, with creation and make amends, change my ways. And that's the message of John today, who goes through the desert, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins And then there's this echoing of the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one crying out in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. The winding roads shall be made straight, the rough ways made smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. This is the time in the church year as we come closer to celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ, that we begin to change our ways. Change your ways, repent, reorder your heart, not to a heart based on the world, not on a heart that's based on a uh, I want to feel good about me. I want to please me. I want to fill me with all good affirmations that my heart has to be attuned to the Lord. There's a total conversion that must take place. Place that crooked path must be straight. And it comes from a trust and a dependence and a clinging to God. And it starts and it continues, and it will continue on in our prayer life. Our prayer life will guide us in our relationship with God. It'll guide us in our relationship with others. It'll guide us in our relationship with creation, our prayer life. In this Advent season, what is your prayer life like Do you have a consistent schedule of when you pray, what you pray, how you pray? Are you able to get to church on a regular basis, maybe to get to a daily mass? Is there a time of adoration in your parish or a neighboring parish? Look around in the community. Can you get to a different church where there's adoration or there's a time of a first Friday or a first Saturday? Or are there Advent penance services? Are there Advent programs that are going on in your local area that you can take part in? Look at ways that your prayer life can be enhanced and you can continue to develop that righteousness so that you can join in the psalmist in these words. The Lord has done great things for us. We are filled with joy. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Thank you for joining me today on this edition of Faith Moments. I wish you the very best on this second week of Advent, and I'll look forward to seeing with you, talking with you next week as we celebrate the third week of Advent and a time to light that rose candle. Peace be with you. You have been listening to Faith Moments with Dina Marie, reflections upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. New podcast episodes are released weekly through the generous support of Mater Dei Radio. To learn more about Faith Moments with Dina Marie, visit me online at dinamarie.org. That's dinamarie.org. May you have a blessed week.